Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA about driving the narrative forward for public education through the work of school PR professionals. I'm your host, Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA board, and I'm the director of communications for Buncombe County Schools. Today, Molly McGowan-Gorsuch joins me again for this amazing conversation. Hey there, Stacia. Molly is with Henderson County Public Schools. So in this episode, we are chatting with Andrea Gribble, who started a business that helps schools with social media back in 2014. Today's conversation is all about tips and tricks to get your story to more people. We talked a little bit about the evolution of social media, how we've seen it become a valuable uh, driving force for school PR, and how to harness that force and tell our story. It's definitely going to be a fun conversation, so let's go ahead and start the show. Well, hello, Andrea, and welcome to School PR Drive Time. Thanks so much for being with us today. We have lots and lots to cover in our conversation, but first up, I'd love for you to get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and your business. Sure. Well, I'm excited to be on your podcast. Uh, I love seeing all these podcasts pop up all over the country. Um, My name's Andrea Gribble, and I am from Wisconsin. You might be able to tell that from my accent. Don't you know? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, You know, six years ago, I didn't even know school PR existed. Um, But I got laid off. Uh, I was uh, in corporate world for 13 and a half years and I walked in to work one day and found out my job had been eliminated. I was a single mom of two little girls and I was like devastated like what am I going to do? I decided to start a business and I was doing social media for like small businesses and then um, I happened to go to church with the superintendent at my small little school district uh, 300 kids K through 12 Molly and Stacia can you believe that big of a school that's where I graduated from that's why where my girls went to school and honestly he just wanted to help me he's like hey we need help with getting social media started maybe you can help us and I loved it because it wasn't like marketing it was just like celebrating all the great things happening and that went so well, it was kind of a pilot program, but I found out other schools needed help. And so I grabbed my next school and my third school and there was a lot of twists and turns along the way, but uh, my company, Social School for EDU, now serves nearly 300 schools with the different programs that we have. But we we started out with full management. So we were managing the day-to-day Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And we still do that today for almost 100 schools. And then, you know, because we learned so much, we decided really to start feeding into folks like you that maybe are one-person shops or really small teams. And we just wanted to share what we've learned. And so I just think I have the best job in the world because we have incredible teachers. We have incredible students, which obviously has been proven in the year. 2020 uh, challenged us, but it's also shed a light on on these amazing people and the dedication that they have. And social media is all about celebrating those things and getting those stories out to the world. So I like that you mentioned celebrating and and not making it sound like, you know, like marketing, like madmen marketing, because that doesn't always have a great connotation. Talk to me about maybe some of uh, the challenges that you experienced as you were taking on these uh, these roles and, and people maybe not understanding sort of what's the, what's the point of Facebook? What's the point of YouTube? What's the point of doing what we're doing? 
Sure. You know, years ago, right, they're just like, oh, social media is a fad, right? It's going to go away. Well, we know that it's here to stay, um, you know, over 2 billion users on uh, Facebook alone. Um, but I think a lot of educators specifically were scared of it because there is a lot of negativity that happens, right? And so, you know, I think some educators have shied away from it. But in today's day and age, I mean, it's 2020. And let's face it, when schools closed back in March, we had to use something that, you know, to communicate and to keep in touch. And, you know, so I think it's definitely here to stay. But I think early on, I just wanted to grab the schools that wanted help, that, you know, wanted to be able to, to use it. My job wasn't really to convince any school that they needed to use it. Although, when a small little school of 300 students, we have about 30 staff members. I mean, it's tiny. We reach over 5,000 people every week just on Facebook. And that's no paid advertising. We're not boosting posts. It's 5,000 people. So that's like, a, you know, our little town's only 500 people, but we're reaching 5,000. So it's a powerful platform that's free. I mean, social media, you don't have to pay for it. Of course, you have to have somebody that's going to manage it and take care of it. Like, like you guys know, it's social media is, is a, a free puppy. It's not a free beer, right? My, our friend Kristen Majette explained that, right? So it's like, it's not just like a, hey, here's a free beer. It's a free puppy and it takes a lot of care and, and um, you know, there's strategy behind it and uh, hard work that goes into it, but it's worth it uh, because of what it can do for your school. And what would you say if you could hone in on maybe just one, two, three, four things that you feel are resonating with your community and your online community? What's getting people's attention that, that you guys have such an impressive reach for, you know, a small school and a small town? Well, it's basically letting parents like me, I now have six kids, right? Um, I've got a blended family. And it gives parents like me a glimpse into the classroom. I mean, let's face it right now, a lot of parents can't even go into the school buildings, but even, even when they can, they're not, it's hard to get parents to come to school, right? We can bring the classroom to them. And we love that, you know, you really can almost build those glass walls where people can see and be a part of the experience. So we're talking about sharing videos of science experiments. We're talking about, you know, kids, showing off their artwork. We're talking about, you know, little preschoolers learning how to read or do PowerPoints. Like they're doing these slideshows in like first or second grade. I'm like, okay, I think I maybe learned how to do that in eighth grade. So to be able to let not only parents, but the community, right? Because a lot of your taxpayers are not they're not parents. So let them see what their tax dollars are going towards. And so it is, like I said, it's those celebratory things that, you know, our teachers get to see every day and students get to experience. But unless you're telling that story, nobody knows about them. So they're going to make up in their mind what you're doing at your school. And everybody's walking around with one of these and I'm pointing to my cell phone. So we all can be storytellers. We can snap that picture. We can take that short video. Um, and of course, right now we're careful of masks and nose covers, coverings and all of that stuff right now. But I've seen that we can still be storytellers even right now and get that story out to, to a lot of people. So it's consistency in, in, in capturing those moments and getting them out. 
I have one quick follow-up to something that you said struck me. You notice that you're seeing first little little kids, first and second graders doing PowerPoints where you didn't learn to do that till you were maybe middle school and high school. For our department, showing people that school is not the school that you experienced back in the day when you were when you were that age. I think there's some really powerful mis um, misinterpretations, um, things are misconstrued uh, about what is really happening in our school building. And I think you, you hit it right on the head. It's, you know, a PowerPoint, you're showing a kid being amazing at age seven. I mean, how is that not compelling at all? I think social media has also been powerful in telling the story about how career and technical education looks so much different now compared to how it used to in the past. Um, at least that's something we're seeing here in Henderson County and we're showing that these students are learning mechatronics, they're learning hands-on activities. It's not the dirty old buildings that you think you went, um, you, you, it's a trade, but it's, it's, it's an art and it takes skill. And I think that that's, like you said, Stacia, um, a really powerful tool to show how education has changed over the years, especially the folks who don't have kids in the current schools. Yeah. And I just want to say as a parent of six kids who may or may not want to attend like a four-year college, like those career tech opportunities are amazing that some kids come out of, you know, high school basically with an associate's degree. Um, they're not paying for a lot of that out of pocket. Those opportunities are amazing. Those jobs are needed. And um, I love that, uh, that, that we get to highlight those things. I mean, the things they're doing with robotics and then, you know, some of the healthcare um, fields and all of that. It's, it's just amazing to see that. And if you're not showcasing that how would how would people ever know I think there you know there's definitely a misconception that you know back in the day CTE was automotive and like woodworking mm -hmm. for for in our school system we have a drone program that's part of our CTE curriculum we have well, obviously for the older kids um, if you're part of AB tech there's all uh, that's our um, community college here in town. They have all sorts of amazing trades, like uh, there's culinary arts, there's beer making, things like that. But obviously, not you know for the littlest ones. But um, but in Wisconsin, it's probably okay. I'm just telling you. But. <laughs> but it's just CTE and sort of that sort of hands-on learning how to do a thing. Um, it's just it's so different than it was, and it's so important that people at home see that because again it's all part of sort of deconstructing any any you know myths that people may be holding on to about public education so andrea you also have a podcast so tell us a little bit about kind of how that started and and what your your vision is for your podcast well this was my covid project right everybody has a covid project and i've been putting off doing a podcast for like four years because i was so afraid of it like you just are like oh my gosh i don't have time or what you know what equipment do i need and turns out i couldn't get the equipment really that i wanted because of covid so i went with the headset that you're staring at right now this little 30 dollars logitech you know off of amazon which i had already had um, and decided to start interviewing school PR professionals like you guys. Um, I, it's called Mastering Social Media for Schools. And I have amazing conversations with people 
all the time. I'm such a nerd. Like I love learning the things that I see people like you doing and uh, you know, how you're showcasing your schools and how you're communicating is so amazing to me. And I want to get those stories out to more people. And so I'm like, I just need to start recording these conversations. Um, and it was actually Peg Mannion who was very uh, active in the NSPRA, uh, the National School Public Relations Association. Um, you know, when her and I were talking, I'm like, Peg, we got to record this. And I started with not really knowing what I was doing, but I just, you know, hit the record button. And now I think I'm almost like, I'm like to 30 episodes, which is amazing. It's a weekly show. So it comes out every Monday. Um, some are, some are some so solo shows where I'm just trying to share some best practices, but it's, it's really intended to make your job easier and get inspired by one or two things. And as you guys know, it's free. It's free PD. So it's like I, I and it's what I built my business on back in 2014. I had no money to invest in anything. And I learned so much about social media about, you know, um, running my business from podcasts that I just thought I just want to have one and I don't have the perfect podcast cast voice um we were talking before the show and it's like stacia has this beautiful like broadcasting background right so she's got this wonderful voice i'm kind of annoying but people relate to me people relate to me and um and so it's been really fun and uh so i i definitely see um you know continuing to do that but yeah you can you can check that out on the, all the podcasting platforms um but there's just there's an endless supply i know some people like justin deering has the podcast in texas uh, school PR happy hour and he's like oh be careful you don't go weekly podcast just so you don't run out of topics and that you have enough time well I do because I run the run the business um, but I just think there I'm never going to run out of awesome people uh, to talk to so you two are both going to be on my future list too we'll, we'll definitely schedule that I mean yeah, it's exciting it's kind of like podcast inception right now right yes yeah. So meta, so meta. <laughs> That's us. Um, so back to social media. Uh, tell us why social media is as important for forever school marketing, not just during COVID times, and public relations. Sure. I meet people that have been in public or like school PR for like 20 years, I'm like, oh my gosh, just think of all the changes that they've seen over the years, right? And I'm sure when, you know, 2007, 2008 hit, it was like, okay, now we got social media. Um, you know, now what are we going to do with this and how are we going to control it? Social media, I feel, is really about meeting people where they're at. And, you know, showing up when they're just like, they're just trying to waste time, right? Or whatever. They're just looking at Facebook or they're looking at Instagram and whoop, all of a sudden a picture of little Johnny shows up and he's in his classroom, you know, doing whatever kind of activity. Um, and it gives that connection to, you know, basically anybody in your community or beyond. And so I just think it's such a dynamic, um, and again, free platform for us to use. And it's not just when people are looking for information. Like if they're looking for information, they're going to go to your website. But if you think about, I mean, a big part is attracting and retaining students now, right? It's so competitive, especially now with the COVID right. hit, right? Because we've got mm -hmm. people leaving and or trying out different things and you either want to get them back or you want to keep them or whatever. Um, we've got to give people the experience and that feeling 
of what it's like to be at your school and how powerful to do it through videos and through pictures and through campaigns that are much more interactive than just your website. And I'm not saying your website isn't needed because your website is needed. But you remember the days when you were like, oh my gosh, every week we need to update these header you know, pictures because otherwise, well, how often are they visiting your, your website? I, I'm not saying don't change them out. Maybe you change them out once a, once a, a month or something. But that can be a little more um, stagnant where, and, and your must have information and you gotta know where you got find the calendars and all of that, but your day-to-day -day celebrations are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram because people are on those channels anyway. They're not going to look for you. You're just going to pop up. And I think what you touched on um, is really important about meeting people where they are because one of the things that I learned when I first started uh, marketing through social media is how the different audiences, not only are they different for each um, particular platform, but they change over the years. Uh, for a, a long time, you know, it seemed like our students were on Facebook, but now if we want to reach them, we know we go to Instagram. Um, right. Whereas the parents and the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, um, and the community at large will be on Facebook. Um, so that's been really interesting. And um, I don't know if there's anything you can speak to about that or tar reaching specific target audiences through different platforms. Definitely. I mean, you're going to meet, you know, if you want to connect with your area businesses or some of those things, maybe you're going to be on Twitter and LinkedIn, um, you know, families and grandparents, definitely on Facebook, Instagram, definitely students and young, young moms usually. Right. Um, I, and people always ask me, should we be on TikTok? Should we be on Snapchat? If you have the capacity to do those things, awesome. I know most of my school PR people are not twiddling their thumbs wondering what can I start, what else can I start? Because when you start something new, you have to like decide what you're not going to do. And I think in school PR, it's more about what you don't do than what you choose to do because of the overwhelm. And so, you know, my biggest thing in regards to telling your story on social media, the biggest bang for your buck is, you know, maybe ask your audience, where are you? Where would you like to receive information through a communication survey or whatever? And whatever that top, those top one or two, that's what you devote your time to. Because I'm just going to tell you in little New Auburn up in Wisconsin, I've been doing Twitter for six years and I got 180 followers. And so I don't, you know, it's not a thriving channel. We still do it. Mm -hmm. But, um, but in, but Facebook, we've got almost 2000 in our little town. And so that definitely is where we're at. That's where we're putting most of our time, not to say we don't share things out and use hashtags and try to strategically, you know, share in other places as well. But um, anyways, that, so that's some of my advice. And so one commonality, you know, no matter which platform you are exploring and, and posting things on and using as a tool is uh, negative comments. I know that's something that we wanted to, to touch on is, is how, I guess, a larger question, what are some of the challenges that, that schools across the country are seeing on social media? And I know locally, the negative comments are a whole situation mm -hmm. uh, due to various and sundry reasons. 
Well, everyone on the podcast can't read this, but this is my favorite quote. We need to make the positive so loud that the negative becomes almost impossible to hear. It's my favorite quote from George Kiros up in Canada. Um, and I tell people now, Stacia and Molly, you know this, the negative is not almost impossible to hear because it's everywhere all day long. Um, and it's definitely, it can definitely hit your school's page, right? Even the cutest of kids and the innocent posts can all of a sudden start off a firestorm. So I, I will share, and, and I think you'll share it in the show notes. I've got a blog on controlling comments on Facebook because typically Facebook is where the negative comments are gonna show up. Right. It's the most um, interactive of the platforms. And so that's where you're gonna going to see those. And I get questions all the time. You guys probably will appreciate this. So a superintendent will be like, we we're going to shut comments off on Facebook. So, and then it's just like, well, that's nice of you to say that, but Facebook doesn't let you. So get that out of your mind right now. You can't just shut, you know, shut comments off. So, you know, we kind of go through seven, uh, seven um, steps in the blog that you can read through, but just, you know, starting with some commenting guidelines so that, that that's a foundational piece of, Hey, this is a place to celebrate our school. You know, we reserve the right to re remove racist or sexist, or, you know, um, if you're attacking a student or a staff member, we reserve the right to remove it um, and making sure that you're looking at your profanity filter, um, some of those things. But then you can manually hide problematic comments. Mm -hmm. um, when that happens, the person who made the post still sees it and anyone they're friends with, but not everybody on your page. Um, and then obviously you can reach out to people, um, especially if they are in your district, which sometimes they're not. They're like, right. in, you know, I don't know if they're in another country, but they might be in another state and they're just weighing in. So you, if you can reach out with a phone call or, or things like that, but you do have to, I always say to be a social media manager, you have to be seven day per week aware. So mm -hmm. I don't want you working every day, seven days a week, but you have to be seven day week aware. So you are looking at comments right. kind of throughout your day, every day of the year, because otherwise something can bubble up and it can mm -hmm. be really bad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, deleting problematic comments, you know, there's records requests and things like that. So I always recommend if you're going to do any of that stuff, you're going to talk to your legal team and I am not a lawyer and I never played one on TV. <laughs> I don't want to be one, especially when it comes to school stuff. So you got to be careful. But my, my biggest thing is, is try to take things offline if you can mm -hmm. and try to think ahead. I know it's, I don't, our team definitely doesn't bat a thousand. I mean, we manage social media for almost a hundred schools every day, all through this pandemic. And obviously before we've, we've dealt with almost anything you can imagine. Um, but you've, you've got to be aware and be willing to, you know, take some action uh, quickly if you need to. And, and you try to not post things that might garner up a lot of controversy um and you know remember like you guys probably know this direct communication is always best mm -hmm. so if you've got crisis things or if you're shutting a school down or you're opening it up and you know making sure that you're, you're you don't everything doesn't belong on facebook everything doesn't mm -hmm. belong on social media you and it doesn't reach everybody anyways social media is about the celebrations the rainbows the unicorns the cute kids <laughs> right. and you know the the tech ed program and whatever but um so those are some things to to keep in mind but you're not alone just if you're listening to this and you're like so fed up with people um if <laughs> and remember if it's if it's mildly rude or whatever it's just like mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta be like okay whatever um but sometimes there are times where you have to take action
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the whole um, dilemma on to de do you delete the comment or not delete the comment, having community guidelines posted to your website um, so that so that you can say, OK, folks, you know, if you have a troublesome comment um, and I've done this before, I've sent the community guidelines to the person and said, hey, thanks for your comments. But this goes against our community guidelines. And, it, and you're exactly right. I mean, it, it creates a, a page where, you know, you want to celebrate and it needs to be kid friendly too. I mean, that's the other part that I, I think some of these folks don't understand. It's you can't you can't go ham in the comment section knowing that kids are on our page. I mean, that's just that's just silly. Yes. So great conversation, and still much more to come. We do want to take a quick break now, and coming up after the break, we'll discuss some of the major changes the social media landscape is experiencing as the darker side of these giant platforms is revealed. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Hello, I'm Kevin Smith from the membership and social media team at NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. On behalf of our team and the NCSPR Board of Directors, we hope you are enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time. This podcast is one of many member benefits we offer you when you join NCSPR. From engaging professional development to the recognition of your talent through the Blue Ribbon Award Program, membership has its benefits. We encourage you to follow us on social media and help spread the word about what it means to be a member of a school public relations organization that supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina's public schools. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. I'm Stacia Harris. And I'm Molly McGowan-Gorsuch. Today, we're chatting with Andrea Gribble from Social School for EDU. And the social media landscape, as we've been uh, discussing, it's really undergone some major shifts in recent years. You know, Facebook started as a platform to bring those college kids together. And uh, Molly actually has some personal experience with Facebook in its, in its early years. So tell us a little bit about that, Molly. Yes, I recall having to use my elon.edu email address in order to actually get on the Facebooks. And I was actually the last in my dorm to get on the group chat, as it were. And um, of course, they made fun of me for that because I was in the dark ages and now I'm <laughs> 24 pages. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was definitely used to connect uh, just students and it felt kind of safe. It was just you and your classmates that you hadn't met yet, but then you did make those connections and that's how I met my, my roommate. Um, that's how I met, well, my now husband. Uh, and that's, that's kind of how those connections were made. And then, um, then it, we've, I kind of felt like other people were infiltrating our circle as right. it started opening up to more and more people. And I said, oh, you don't need an EDU address anymore? Oh. Okay, so we were kind of like the OGs, we felt <laughs> like. Um, but then as I got older and I started doing social media for more, uh, I guess, professional work, that, that's when Twitter, I started using Twitter more. Um, and then just kind of kept Instagram as a more personal type circle. So that's sort of my, been, been my evolution on in social media. I love that. And I love that you said, you know, it's, it's a place for people to connect because you, judging by some of the scandals that Facebook has weathered lately, they're, they're not doing any connect, any positive connecting in any way, shape or form. Um, 
depending on you know who you believe and what you believe. But how, um, Andrea, how does that change the strange changing landscape of Facebook? How does that change what school PR folks do on a day-to-day basis to get those messages out there? So I'm one opinion and you know, you guys can, you guys might have some other ideas of other avenues, but Facebook's been around for a while. They are the OG. And I love Molly that you talked about once everybody else started getting on that generation's like, what else can we go to? Because we don't want to be where all these old people are, (laughs) which is why they, they jump to Snapchat or Instagram or down TikTok and all of that. Right. I couldn't believe when my mom joined Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, so mom (laughs) yeah so so crazy so so i I, you know facebook has been weathering uh controversies for a long time this is not i mean it's getting more and more serious when you have to sit that see them in front of congress um you know talking about having some of these conversations about election influencing and all of this stuff but you know let's face it facebook's a giant free platform that it makes it because of advertising and all of us use it willingly. And there's, like I said, over 2 billion users. I can't see Facebook fading into nothing anytime soon. And so my thought is, is yes, you may lose some users that just say, I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore, but what will they go to where they can see all the pictures of their you know, extended family members or people that they can't see anymore in person, mm-hmm. um, where, where everybody's at. I just don't see a giant exodus, um, you know, to one specific platform. Instagram is my second favorite channel for schools. Mm-hmm. Well, Facebook owns Instagram, right? right. So you can, that's not escaping either. Um, so I think you have to be aware of what's happening with these platforms and you're never all in necess- I mean you're not only communicating through social media you're communicating in a lot of ways as a school or a school district you know like we said with your with your website with your emails with your direct communication you know all the all the ways that you that you get messages out there um, so I think you have to be aware but you don't have to like like jump ship and be like, oh, we're going to start over on this, this channel and expect people to follow you. Because as we talked about before the break, social media is about meeting people where they're at. And if all of a sudden you have to say, well, we're not going to be on Facebook anymore. We're over on this channel, Mm -hmm. but they don't have a channel over there. Now, if that's the only place you are and they want to be connected to your school, they are going to join that. And we have a lot of class dojo, seesaw. There's a lot of direct communication apps out there that, yes, of course, I'm going to be on there if if that's how my school is communicating. But I'm only going there when I want to hear from the school versus, like I said, with Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, like they're going to show up in my news feed whether I'm looking for them or not. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of my take on it. Um, Do you guys have other you know, things to add. So uh, as you were talking, actually, next door popped into my head. Um, that is something that I've heard a lot about. And I, I feel, and I'm on next door, but as you know, as a person, not as Buncombe County Schools. And so um, I'm interested in trying to figure out how we can get on that. Do you know that Facebook, you know, because Facebook steals everything from everybody, <laughs> right. you know, Snapchat and stories, right. they're introducing a next door uh, feature. 
that so that so that there'll be crazy. neighborhood communication so um i just read about it i follow a lot of social media examiner stuff that they're mm -hmm. kind of on the cutting edge and i'm in some groups mm -hmm. um, but they are trying to combat that a little bit so just as a heads up but not saying it'll get rid of next door um right. but but certainly it's amazing and and the group capacity of facebook i think is really interesting there's mm -hmm. some people that really believe in having facebook groups even for your school so that you can try to get communication out that way i i really believe that an outward facing page where everybody can see it is really important but um anyways but that is a great thought but i just wanted to throw that in there yes it's, it's amazing facebook is like i'm just gonna eat it all let's do right. it like, <laughs> so as as we sort of look at you know lots of options and i think you know it would do it serves us well to be aware of you know the trends that are happening in social media um and i agree i don't think facebook i don't think we're going to wake up one day and facebook is going to be gone but for sure i think you know we benefit from knowing all the channels that are out there you know and and at least assessing you know if they're worth like you said earlier adding them to your plate of things to do because Snapchat, I think we toyed with Snapchat uh, okay. a little bit as a district, but it, it's, it, it, it creates problems with public records requests and things like that. Like when your posts disappear, um, that's, you know, not good as a public school system. So we have lots of, lots of channels, lots of tools. And, and, and I feel like as for sure as a school system, as we're dealing with this crisis, you know, we're sort of in the midst of crisis communications, but at some point we're going to transition to sort of a maintenance and rebuilding approach to, to social media. What would be, you know, some of your advice, you know, to school systems, again, as we are trying to figure out how do we leverage these tools to do the important work of getting our kids back, making sure our parents feel connected to their school and feel connected to us and sort of, uh, I guess, communicating to, to those around us, so to our community that, you know, we are a valuable part of the fabric of where we are. Well, I think, you know, social media isn't going to magically turn you into a great school, right? It's just a reflection of what you're do already doing, but it, it helps build that trust and transparency because you can't, like right now, you can't have a lot of conversations in person, even though we all know everything's about relationships and building relationships. So I think if we can continue as our school, and I think as most schools have throughout this pandemic, um, and even before then, of trying to use social media to really make those connections, we're going to be well served. Um, so making those videos of what we're doing to have students, you know, feel safe and, and be, be healthy and, um, you know, all those those things I'm not sure where where you're at with most of your schools but we we're a mix like some schools are five days a week right now some are you know hybrid some are totally virtual um, so there's there's a whole mixture going on but I think being able to just be transparent is going to be key and then to me it's that consistency of storytelling i was just talking with somebody today and uh she posts you know on her instagram page about once a day and she's like i'll notice these other schools in my area like they'll post 30 pictures one day and then they won't post for like three weeks you can't yeah. do that and <laughs> have your community stay connected right because all of a sudden they're like well what's happening now so i think the after working with schools for this past six and a half years that I have is building a system of 
you know, letting everybody be part of telling your story. And then you as a school communicator, you're one person. You can't be in every classroom. You can't be at every event. Really leveraging and empowering your staff to be part of that storytelling effort. And then you know, one of two things, maybe you encourage them to have Twitter and you're, they're posting out on Twitter and they're using your hashtag. So then you can retweet their things. And maybe if you can pull those posts over to Facebook or Instagram, right? If they're awesome. Or you, you come up with a, I always suggest like an email, social media at your org, And you ask your staff, hey, one thing a month, can you just snap a picture? Give me a two one one sentence or two sentence description of what you're doing and then I'll take it from there so that I can schedule those posts out and get those things routinely in the, the stream in the feed so that people know what we're doing and we can celebrate our entire school district and really give them that picture and it you you just create this army of storytellers and you've got non-stop content um, which is a great problem to have if you have I mean I don't know if many school PR people complain of having too much stuff to post um, and so you're always usually grasping like hey I need stories right um, so if you can develop that um, that that really served us well when we went into school shutdown mode because we couldn't be everywhere and so how are we getting those stories but even going forward um, that that can be life life changing and community changing with how you're able to use social media and how and I, and I love that you brought up sort of relying on your your army of soldiers who are out in your school community and they've all got a phone and they know how to take pictures and it's just Getting, to, getting them to make the connection between, you know, I, I am a voice in our school community and here's how I can help tell a larger story. So kind of staying with that theme, how do you, I, I don't know, inspire, motivate, um, how do you work with schools, especially now when things are so tough for our school level staff? How do you help them make the case that social media and, and sort of sharing those stories is everyone's job? Yeah, well, right now is a special time. So there's a, most schools right now are definitely sharing less content than usual. If you look back last, you know, November you and, and October, you shared a lot more than you did this year. So that is common across the board, but it, it still is important to tell those stories. So, you know, probably doing an all call to everybody on staff being like, hey, here's, you know, item 99 on your list of, you know, 2000 things that you have to do um, and you got to do it all virtually and, you know, all of this, uh, you know, you've got to be careful. So, so know who you can ask um, and Maybe it's a principal at the building. Maybe you just have a few key people at each kind of school that you can reach out to that you can know, hey, you know, what's going on? Can you take a picture of a, you know, an art project in the hallway that we could just talk about what they're learning or whatever? Um, but the other trick, and I, I, you, maybe you guys use this, is taking a post that has done well, that has gotten some positive comments, that's gotten big reach, and taking a screenshot. Yeah. And sending it back either to the person who submitted it and said, look at this, like, look at these positive comments that your students are getting or that the staff members getting. Look at how many people it reached. These stories are gold. Thank you so much for sharing. Because guess what? That teacher's going to send you more stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or you send out something like that to all your staff and just say, oh my gosh, this is resonating so well. Our, our, our community does support what you're doing. 
um, you know, if you can share a picture like this from, you know, your stu student projects that they're doing at home right now because they're in virtual, if you can grab that and just get that to me, it's really powerful and they want to cheer you on. So I think trying to make some of those connections that they don't always get to see, they, they don't even see every post that goes out, right? Because of the algorithms and even if they're following you, they may not see something. So just shedding a light on some of that and then talking about that importance, um, I think can help. Do you guys have some other tips? Because you might. You might. Well, I just wanted to touch on the fact that um, when we're talking about crowdsourcing those photos, basically from folks in the building, something that uh, has been particularly helpful for me this year from your blog actually, um, was the guidelines and recommendations to give to staff members saying, hey, these are weird times. We still need to protect student identity. We have all these other things from a PR um, perspective that we need to be careful of when we're taking photos. So before you send them my way, before you post them and you tag the district, please remember these. So um, I think that's something that we can definitely share in um, our notes as well. But yeah. having that to give to your staff members um, has been valuable, at least for our school district. You did a really good job of really explaining that well. And then I just think it's so key when you can show them some examples of pictures that you're looking for. Exactly. And so with like my blogs, when you go to my website, T t you know share any of that with your with your teachers because sometimes they just need to visually see oh that's what you know we think everything they're doing is awesome and we can you know kind of see oh yeah just take a picture like this but if they don't visually see it they're so concentrated on everything else um, I think that's that's really important and usually we take that time at the beginning of the school year to do it right. uh, but you can do it throughout the year too and just um, kind of give them some of those reminders I think that's powerful absolutely and I, and I love the idea of you know also showing them that the stories that they're telling are making a difference um, because you want to encourage them um, and, and the last thing you want is for them to be really excited about some pictures that they send you but you know kids are all huddled up next to each other and got a mask down below the nose and you're like no I can't use this so you, you know you always want to um, just you know be super mindful that you know our teachers are you know they they have so much on their plates but they are so so important because they're just boots on the ground. They know what's going on in their schools. They know um, all the amazing things that are happening. They may not think that it's amazing, um, but but that's kind of up to us to really help them see the see that value in, in something that they're just you know being everyday awesome. You know, absolutely. There is you know we you are, all three of us could walk into a building and we'd be like we need to take a picture of that that that. And other people, it's just their job. And that's what they've been doing. They've been doing, you know, teachers have been doing amazing things and they give so much of themselves. And so I know that sometimes snapping that picture is one more thing, but I just always urge them, just snap the photo when it happens and then, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And just when you get a chance, then email that off to me with a little blurb about it. And uh, it can be really, really powerful. And we've been able to see that with, with all the schools we serve. Um, again, we serve remote so we're serving schools all across the country mainly Wisconsin Minnesota because that's where I'm from but we are not physically in the building so if I'm posting you know 20 pictures in a week uh, you know on the different platforms I didn't take any of those those are coming from the staff so I'm telling you it can be done but it takes some focus on you know get, getting that content 
amazing conversation. I, I feel like I, I've learned a lot. I feel very, very energized and refreshed. And, and I'm hoping that our, our listeners um, got the same as well. So as we uh, wrap up today, Andrea, where can people find you if they want to know more, learn more and uh, see how to be awesome? Awesome. Well, I share, I, I learn what what I've learned from people like you and then I just like to write about it and try to share some tips. So um, check out my website, socialschoolforedu.com. It's the number four. Um, so there you can kind of find access to my podcast and my blogs. And then I'm at Andrea Gribble on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter, uh, connect with me. I, I love to share a lot of the things that we share there. Um, and I'm just gonna give a super quick plug to, I've got a new video teaching series called Social Media um, Secrets for School. So I've kind of broken it down and, and you can go to socialschoolforedu.com slash secrets and you can sign up for that for free. So that'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, some hands on with video and all of that. So um, yeah, I can't wait to connect. Awesome. We'll, and we'll leave all that in the show notes below. Andrea, thank you so much for being with us today. We so appreciate your time. And, I, and, and again, I feel like I've learned a lot and I just appreciate you taking the time to teach us. Yes. Awesome to see you guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. So Molly, that was a great conversation with Andrea Gribble. I think she is such a ray of sunshine and, and really just um, brought some great tips. And, and I feel, I totally feel energized uh, as I sort of look forward to how our school system can use social media uh, to, to achieve our goals. And one thing that struck me is she referred to social media as this tool that takes down the walls of our classrooms so that people in our community, parents at home, they can see what's going on. They can see all of the exciting and engaging lessons that the kids are, are part of. And personally, I feel like that the power of that is you're showing people that education now is not what education was 50 years ago. And I think right. dispelling those myths and those um, misconceptions about what education is, is a huge part of what we do as storytellers, as people who are celebrating our schools. Um, you know, it, it's it definitely, it's not, it's not your mama's classroom. It ain't your mama's classroom. And I think <laughs> people, people have to know that for sure. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, and one thing that I think really stood out to me was her, our discussion about how social media is about reaching people where they are. You're you're popping up in their newsfeed because it's something that they're already doing. They're already there. Um, and that's that made me think about how, at least in our district, we specifically went onto Instagram because we heard from our students telling our superintendent and myself, hey, that's where we're at. Please, if we want, we want to engage with you, but we're gonna do it on this platform. So I think that was really powerful to talk about too, especially as we look at how social media is changing and different audience, the audience demographics are changing every, every year, every decade, but knowing what's out there and knowing how to reach people is gonna become more and more important as, as those demographics change. 
Exactly. And, and I definitely don't think, and we all, we all kind of agreed that, that we don't anticipate we're going to wake up one day and Facebook is going to be totally gone. But I don't think we can ignore just the changing landscape of, of social media and how there are other options out there. And as a school system, it's worth asking the question, is this new platform the answer? Is adding this to my repertoire going to be useful? You know, do you want to get into TikTok or Snapchat or Nextdoor or uh, some of the other newer emerging social media channels, at least be aware of it and ask yourself the question. Because uh, again, I think it's all changing so fast and you just don't want to be left out in the cold. Sure. And no two districts are the same. Exactly. You're serving different people. They sort of have different expectations and they are on different platforms and you got to go where they are and, and again, show them those great stories. So again, a wonderful conversation with Andrea Gribble and Molly. Thank you for once again being an awesome co-host. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me join in.